Hello and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast and podcast network. Think Fit Be Fit is the intersection of exercise mechanics, movement science, movement expertise, and embracing curiosity. This ongoing conversation about the nuances of training will help trainers, coaches, and fitness lovers connect deeper to their exercise and the process of exercise science. Thank you so much for being here. We are almost to our 100th episode and we are very close to 20,000 downloads. Please don't stop now. Keep subscribing and please share this with people who you know want more out of their exercise and I would love it if you could leave us a review and tell us what you're learning because effective exercise is highly underrated and it's my goal to share the beautiful science of how we can optimize our health with connected and intelligent exercise, which is also something I practice and I preach at my studio in Alexandria, Virginia. I am a neuromuscular specialist and studio owner. We work with a lot of athletes, including golfers. Today's episode is a conversation between myself and my golf instructor, Trevor Salzman. He is someone I could talk to for a while, which is why this is a two-part episode. If you're here as a subscriber of the podcast, you're probably also fed up with the hype and confusing information perpetuated by the fitness or athletic training industries. Well, golf is definitely one of those industries that perpetuates a lot of bad information and uh, tries to waste your time with fluffy and silly advice. Today's episode is a conversation between two professionals who are also fed up with that. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, and uh, in the show notes, I've included a best of six-month um, episode of 2020, and it has thousands of downloads, so that's where I tell people to start. But if you're new to the podcast, welcome, and you will hear two professionals extremely passionate about improving their life, their client's life, the world, through sport and through feeling good. So Trevor and I both think pretty big, and that's what's so fun about this episode. What's also fun is that we talk about some super hot topics in golf. So Trevor is an experienced golf instructor that is the Dormy Network's Director of Instruction and Player Development and the owner of TrevorSalzmanGolf.com, Trevor, S-A-L-Z-M-A-N, golf. He is, like I said, also my coach. Trevor is so easy to talk to, and like I said, he thinks big about sports and their place in our lives and the world, so obviously there's a lot to talk about because I strongly identify with that mission. From the moment we met at Ballyhawk, a Dormy Network golf club in Virginia, we fell into a deep conversation about muscles and feet 
<laughs> Before we even started looking at my setup, needless to say, this conversation is deep and brings up unconventional and unknown aspects of golf training and golf fitness. Truthfully, since I started as a student in the game of golf, I've wanted to have this conversation, so here it is in two parts. <laughs> the first one today is about movements, muscles, and how coaching and fitness are evolving with golf. And the second part, produced later this month or released later this month, is about the constructs of self-development through sport and the mental side of developing any golfer's game. Both of these are dedicated to the continued path of improvement, being your own scientist, and having a forward-thinking model for athleticism at any age. If you are a golfer, this episode will be an inside look to the mindset of two professionals that love working in the game of golf. And at this point in my practice, 30 to 40% of my clients are golfers. The first episode dives into one of the hottest topics in, game, in the game right now, which is Bryson DeChambeau and, and fitness. If you are a strength and conditioning or sport coach or trainer of any kind, this episode will help you understand a novel approach to strength that is breaking the golf internet. So I'm diving into what it means to have like an activation focus for your uh, strength training, something I've done for years. So really excited to share, guys. Uh, Trevor's background. He worked at Glen Wild Golf Club and Spa, Silverleaf Club, Mission Hills Golf Club in China, and is presently stationed at stationed Briggs Ranch Golf Club, which is a dormy network in San Antonio. But he does travel to the other clubs in North Carolina, New Jersey, Virginia, and the topics that we get into, the foundation of training that Trevor uses with his athletes. We talk about the evolution of fitness and golf, strength training, mobility and golf, foot motion and golf swing. We talk about Bryson and Tiger Woods. We discuss um, strength training for golf from an MAT perspective and mobility with strength training for any sport. I've included some links about Bryson, about Trevor, about Dormy Network. But before we begin, please go ahead and check out ladder.sport and use the code BFIT10 for your first order or any order of the supplement line that LeBron James created with his trainer. Now, this is a supplement line that is NSF. Um, certified, which is very important. This is a very hard certification to get, and it means they've invested in the quality of their product. I've started using their pre-workout and their protein. Go to ladder.sport and use code BFIT10 for your discount. Enjoy the show. Into the thought process of professionals like us. And it makes people better consumers. It helps people um, not waste their money, not waste their time. Like to me, the worst thing is people spending time and money thinking they're getting better at something. In the right. case of exercise, it's their health. Yeah. And if they're barely moving the needle when they could be doing so much more, right? that's the problem I'm trying to solve. 
is to help I mean, people see that opportunity cost. What, what's cool about what you're saying right there is like there's so many people in your industry, my industry, like now that we have access to social medias or we have access to YouTube or whatever it is, we can just throw information out everywhere. Okay? And then the clients, they're like, okay, do I go this direction? Do I go that direction? Or do I go that direction? One might be X amount of dollars. This might be free. And you can find yourself in this rabbit hole searching for information that you're pulling from a million different directions. By the time at the end of it, you are so flipping confused that you're like, okay, I just spent five days or three months or a year or two years. And I'm like, now where the hell did that even get me? I know. And you're, and then next thing you know, you're right back at point one. You're like, okay, I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on this to try and get better at golf or to try and get better at fitness or to try and start eating better. And I'm in the same places where I started yeah. a, a week ago, two weeks ago, a year ago, whatever it might be, however long you were in that rabbit hole or that spin, because there's so much information coming from everywhere. I mean, kudos to people for actually using that. And most of the people that are doing things like this, like you and I, we're trying to help people. I mean, that's the reason I do it. I love my job for that reason, because I have the opportunity to try and help someone and show them a different way of doing this to where they can excel in the game of golf or for you, they can excel in fitness. They can be healthier. They're going to have a better life, um, whatever it might be. And I mean, that's cool that people are using it for that, uh, that are people are putting information out for that reason. It's just, you can get off on the wrong leg and next thing you know, you're completely lost in what you're trying to do. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I feel that, um, Anywhere, anywhere you want to succeed, you kind of have to put on this hat that you are a strategic executive. You have to think, what what are the basics here? What are the foundations? And you, one cannot do that with the information that's out there on fitness, right. because it's it is um, grossly negligently taken in any direction that someone wants to take it. Yeah. And um, we're so used to it that it's, it's, it's like a surprise when, so, you know, the actual, something helpful actually comes along. <laughs> like it's, it's, right. it's like all of a sudden you stumbled across this, you trip over your feet and all of a sudden it was right there in front of your face yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure, absolutely. Which is a great way to to really uh, formally start this podcast is that we are um, connected by a client essentially. So absolutely. Yusuf, um, ha, you know, he's he's more than a client, but he is, you know, just um, what is he? He he always sees the big picture, you know, and yeah, always looking in every different direction. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Every different direction. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, a great way to um, start this because that's who introduced us. And, you know, it's someone I admire for thinking that way, you know, and um, I'm sure he takes golf to the level. I've not seen his brain work around golf, so I've only seen it work in this, um, you know, muscle activation techniques and body work and fitness. So I can't only imagine, <laughs> um, yeah. but thank you so much for being here all the way from Texas. Yeah. Looking forward to it. yeah. We'll have some fun today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, 
am excited because I'm also your student. <laughs> so the, the best part about this podcast is I get to talk to my instructors, my my trainers, my <laughs> the people that help me be better. And you're on the team. So um, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Please introduce yourselves, uh, y- yourself, yourself. <laughs> I hope there's not two of me right here. That'd be, that'd be kind of creepy, but yeah. yeah. I already got um, a martini. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my name is Trevor Salzman, obviously. I'm the direct, director of instruction for the Dorming Network. Uh, I've been with them from the beginning uh, since the Dorming Network was started uh, back in 2017. Uh, prior to that, where I really got my start in golf was at a golf club in Park City, Utah called Glenwild Golf Club and Spa. Uh, where I started out just working just a regular outside service person, taking care of golf carts, taking care of golf bags, caddying a little bit on the side. And uh, here I am today. Um, But yeah, I worked there from 2004 to 2010. I would spend my summers there. In 2007, uh, I started moving. I moved down to Scottsdale for the winters, uh, where I worked at a place called Silverleaf. Uh, and really at the, in 2010, that was when I decided that I really wanted to get into teaching. Uh, and so 2010, 2009, that kind of frame, if we all remember, that was when we had somewhat of an economic crisis. And so that was when I decided that I wanted to start teaching golf. Uh, mm-hmm. so the people that mentored me, uh, Ken Wyand, the guy named Adrian Wadey, uh, some other people that were very influential in my life as well. They recommended me moving to Asia. So yeah. I started looking for jobs over in Asia. And next thing you know, a month later, I was on an airplane. Uh, I worked over there for three and a half years. Uh, met my lovely wife over there, luckily. Uh, and now I'm back here. And I've been in San Antonio for the last seven plus years uh, working for the network. And my home base is here at Briggs Ranch Golf Club. Sweet. I've been teaching golf since I was about 20, 21 years old. Um, I think a good takeaway is there, you know, you really bet on yourself, like do making a decision like that in 2009 and 10 is pretty um, risky. It was anyways. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of scary. 24 years old and moving to a country. I'd never really been outside of the United States and (laughs) I engulfed myself in China where I didn't speak the language and, Knew it, didn't really know a whole lot about it, uh, and it was an experience to say the least. Yeah. It was fun. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change any of it for the world. Yeah. To be honest with you. Good. Yeah. I mean, but you know, sports is like athletics is its own language. You know, I feel very comfortable moving around and playing soccer, um, and being able to look be a part of the game, even if I didn't have the language skills to do so. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so for my purposes, again, we love that this podcast is all about me. Um, for my purposes, what is what what kind of framework do you use in developing people? Um, I did over, just skip one question. I also would love to know uh, what makes Dormy uh, special. Dormy Network. The Dormy Network. Uh, it is by far one of the most unique. Uh, companies I've ever worked for in my entire life. So the Dormy Network is comprised. We are all about golf. Everything is golf from head to toe. Uh, We have six clubs inside of our network uh, where I'm located and my home base, which is Briggs Ranch Golf Club in San Antonio, Texas. 
the first club in our network was Arbor Links up in Nebraska City, Nebraska. And then we have Dormy Club in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Hidden Creek up in New Jersey. Uh, we have Victoria National, which is a top 50 club in the United States, uh, top 100 in the world in Evansville, Indiana. And then we also have Valley Hat Golf Club. I believe that's where you and I met. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I met up there at Valley Hat Golf Club in Roanoke, Virginia. That's where we got to work together for the first time. Yeah, that... Um yeah, I just saw some pictures from there this weekend. It's probably it's in its it's in a prime spot right now. I mean, it is absolutely stunning. And yeah, when it comes to golf, being up there and being up in Virginia in October is just breathtaking. Uh, yeah. The leaves are starting to change color, the topography, all the elevation changes up and down. Uh, it's really neat. Um, one of the other unique things about the network itself is uh, literally once you show up there. You don't have to worry about anything. Oh, I thought that uh, was for me. <laughs> uh, for anybody who shows up there, though, Jen. Um, so we've got uh, eventually we'll have 60 beds on all properties. So lodging, we have a lodging component, um, food, beverage. I mean, it is it's literally it's the best of all worlds. Um, yeah. You don't need to bring, literally you could just show up with yourself and your golf clubs and everything else is there for you. Yeah, it was so pretty it great. It very <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to hear your experience. What did you think about it? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was it was it was so much fun. Um, it was really it's a diverse course. Like there's so much going on. Um, I felt like I was challenged in several different ways in like 20 minutes. <laughs> um and I you know, so that to me, like that's awesome. But then the casitas and the view and like the fact that you're integrated with nature, like golf courses can have, um, some people think of them as like not enjoying nature. You know what I mean? Because like it's groomed and yeah. this one, of course it's perfect, but, um, you're integrated truly in nature that there, there's animals on the property. There's the goats. Yeah. And then there's, um, you're not disrupting the mountains. You're in the mountains, like your exactly. um, East Coast mountains. Um, yeah. And I think that's awesome. And of course, like yeah. the service was amazing. But uh, that is one of the things that we really do. Now that I'm putting it all together, it was an awesome weekend. And it just it felt really special um, having you and Mitty there. And like, you know, everything is extra special now. If I can get away from work with um, the coronavirus and being able to enjoy my life, um, I feel like golf is a part of that now, like truly a part of that because, um, well, obviously it's safe. And secondly, um, my inner athlete is, is get, is just fed. Like I get, I get to explore and be competitive. Whereas, you know, previously a competitive soccer player and like skier, um, those aren't things I can do on the regular anymore. Yeah. I choose not to, I don't want to. Right. And I feel so comfortable golf with, with golf, um, for me and that I can work on stuff. I work on stuff with my Pilates regimen. I, I work on helping my clients, like 40% of my clients are golfers. Right. So it makes sense for me, even from that end. I have this perfect integration. 
I really want to help them. I love, I love the, the mindset of golf. Absolutely. I love continuous, continuous, continuous improvement. I love that vibe and being able to meet adults <laughs> that also have that vibe is pretty awesome. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you know, my, my, my clients that come in here um, that are our golfers, we have that instant connection and I'll pay any amount of money to continue that. Like I, I love that. So, yeah. um, which I guess goes back to the first question I tried to ask, which, um, what is the framework that you use for developing? Um, so that's a, that's a great question. So I've got kind of my own personal unique thing that, that I use and how I want, how I grade players, how I look at them and how I choose what path to go down as far as development goes. So the three, the three pillars or the three keys that I always start with are fundamentals. That's number one. Okay. And then fundamentals will move to movement in motion. And then movement in motion for me moves into how do you practice? Okay. So inside of those three pillars, you're always going back and forth between those three. You think, okay, well, once I learn setup, I never have to check that ever again. Well, the problem with that is your body's ever evolving. Your body's ever changing. So um, if I go to McDonald's, I might put on a few pounds. That might end up changing the way I set up. Or if I don't sleep good, I've got a kink in my neck. That might change something in regards to one of my fundamentals. Um, which again, grip, setup, vice versa, all those things. Okay. And then you move into movements in motion. Okay. I mean, you talk about a golf swing. I, I, my favorite thing when somebody, somebody says this, they're like, well, golf's not very athletic. You're hitting a golf ball. It's not moving. Um, I have a hard time believing yeah. that because you're literally, you're, you're using just about every single muscle group in your body to hit a golf ball from rotational aspect from the torso, your shoulders, you're using your legs. Um, the feet are probably one of the most underutilized things in the golf swing into how you create power, how do you create rotation, um, the movement of your arms, that's going to change the way a, a golf club moves as far as planes, club path, you've got wrist conditions, neck. I mean, there's, you're using every single muscle group in the body to move a golf club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then inside of that, you have to de develop strategies into how you're going to practice. Uh, are you working on just technique? Are you working on performance practice? Uh, are you working on how to get to yardages better? So those three things right there for me set up the ability to start working on a player's mental game. Okay? This is when a player moves into competition. Okay? Once you master those three things, which are actually never masterable, but once you get fairly decent at those three things, it gives you the ability to start to compete against yourself, compete against the golf course, compete against other players. Okay, So you got those three things that move into the mental side of the game. And then once you're there, now you're going to start to comprise statistics and you're going to look at data. That's going to help you. That's going to tell you where your weaknesses are, where are your strengths? Um, what do I need to be working on the most? And ultimately those three things or those things right there, yeah, fundamentals, movement, movement in motion, how you practice moving into mental, keeping track of data and equate to performance. And so those are kind of, those are the things that I use in regards to how I develop players, mm. which one of those areas do we need to work on the most? Um, most people, the crazy thing about golf is most people think that if I'm not hitting the golf ball good, automatically it's a technique issue. Okay. A lot of times it's right up here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a mental issue. Uh, 
I mean, for me personally, once you understand how to hit a golf ball, create shot shapes, you can get to certain yardages. Golf becomes like a chess game. How are you setting yourself up? Um, <laughs> how are you trying to, whether you, how do you think your way around a golf course, whether it be a negative or a positive way of doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, golf's a unique game. I mean, you're standing up on a tee box and you've got out of bounds where you don't want to be. You've got bunkers where you don't want to be. You've got rough. You've got all sorts of crazy stuff all over the golf course. And you're trying to hit it down this 40, 50 yard wide fairway. And then your next shot, you're trying to land it onto a a fairly small putting surface, which is a green. And whoever gets the ball in the hole the least number of times, that's your winner. Um, You've got distances. You've got like a guy like Bryson DeChambeau. He's, he's doing things now in the game of golf that Tiger was doing back in 1997. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's showing us that you can still overpower golf courses. You can be long and you can be accurate. And he's doing things to his body, which this would be a fun conversation to have with you. Mm-hmm. He's doing things to his body that we've never seen anybody ever do in golf before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tiger obviously started the the evolution of fitness in golf, in my opinion. Uh, Bryson's taken it to a whole nother, whole nother level, understanding the science that goes into it, the geometry Um how weight can actually work into your favor to create ground force. Um, but on top of that, you've got to keep mobility up too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you throw, and then you throw into the picture, he's got a really good short game. He's a really good putter on top of that. A lot of people yeah. look past that part of the game for him. They just see a, holy cow, this guy's hitting at 360, 370. A couple weeks ago, his putt was, he had some putts that were just yeah. insane. Um, oh, that's what, in my opinion, that's what won the U.S. Open for him. Yeah. His putting was off the charts good it was unbelievable some of the putts he made coming down the stretch of the u.s open which allowed him to run away with the tournament yeah yeah that was uh well it's very interesting i mean obviously we can definitely get into that because um it's it's coming up a lot in my practice uh for sure because um i do muscle activation techniques and uh we're you know we're seeing some very uh people at all levels embrace this idea, yeah. which is in, because there be Greg Roscoff is the owner of muscle activation techniques. He's Bryson's dude. Um, yeah. And they're being very open about what they're doing. There are yeah. a few things, of course, that I know what's going on behind closed doors that they're not talking about in the media. This is the most out there um, that I've seen Greg Roscoff and talk about this, thought process and this thought process of um, that type of athleticism is new for a lot of people in almost any sport. The fact that we've landed in golf with it and him and Bryson have clearly partnered on this to bring it to this bigger level um, is, is great because um, golf is the sport for all ages um, all types of people and we can measure it and we can yeah. feel competitive and we can feel good about ourselves doing it. Now, how we do that with the fitness side of it. Um, I would say the, we have to think about joint stability before the strength training, um, yeah. that they're, that, he we're kind of seeing as his mo- main modality is the strength training and eat a, and eating like a frat boy. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I would not eat, I would not endorse those things. 
um, obviously because nutrition is out of my wheelhouse. But number two, the way that he is lifting weights, um, he's doing that in a very conscious way because he has the joint stability, meaning the joint, whatever, which one we, he wants to focus on. So uh, external rotation of the humerus is a good example because you need that um, in your backswing big time. You have to have, you know, you have to be able to reach back at when the ribs get to their end point. And um, it also is, you know, it's going to affect your, your contact with the club. So uh, joint stability in that sense means that rotator cuff area is neurologically able to start motion, control motion before it produces the tension and strength that it takes to, you know, coordinate and move through the golf. Right. So they have actually gone through each one of his joints and done that. Like one of all the main ones and that we're talking about 400 some. And it can be done like something like this can be done with isometrics and really focused strength training, but we have to start on that level of, can I control the motion? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I actually initiate the motion without too much expensive movement, too much leakage? Right. Yeah. Like you know, what you mean. You could see yeah. it as somebody taking a swing and turning it into four axes, like bend, like everything moving at different times versus, you know, doing it in one or two, like not one, but like two, you there still? like, a, you know, this, the, re, the release being the timing. And so when you can do that in the strength training area, then, and you can recover from that workout and you can recover from whatever, 36 rounds for the weekend. Then you can start adding on the, right. the strength training. And I, I think I wanted to kind of say that because I think it's important to, for people to hear who are specifically interested in, in what they're doing. Um, because I'm getting phone calls left and right about it. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, every they're, they're, I couldn't tell you a day that doesn't go by that somebody's asking me, "What do you think about Bryson?" <laughs> and I mean, here's here's number one. Um, you have to give him credit for what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Number one, the guy. There is, in my opinion, I would have a very hard time believing that there is any player right now in the world that is working harder than than he is to produce and get the results that he's getting. Okay, number one. Uh, I know when I was 26, I couldn't gain a pound if I wanted to. Okay? So when you're talking about trying to put on mass in the way that he's putting on mass, that's not easy to do. It's not easy. Um, People don't realize that it is actually really hard. Especially when you're an athlete of, of mm -hmm. his, of his stature. Okay. So he's, you got to think he's walking probably if he's playing golf, he's walking anywhere from five to 10 miles a day. Okay. You're how many, I don't know how many calories your, your body's burning doing something like that. But you're constantly burning calories. Okay. So you obviously, I think your calorie intake has to be much higher than what you're burning off to it to begin putting on mass the way that he's putting on mass. I mean, you're looking at a guy that went from 180, maybe 185 pounds that he's pushing close to 240 pounds. And it, 
it hasn't even been a year yet since he started doing this last November, I believe. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I believe he started this process last November. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking about putting on, whether it be 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds of mass in the span of one year, and then being able to compete at the highest level with the evolution that your body's going through and something like that. I mean, cause that, that's going to change your timing. It's going to change the way muscles fire. It's going to change the way, um, the way that you can turn. So on top of that, the guys, the guy has maintained, if not increased the amount of mobility that he has mobility being how much he can rotate his shoulders, how much he can rotate his pelvis, um, it's honest to God, it's absolutely incredible what this guy has done from that in that perspective. Guy. And you have people coming out and they're bashing him saying, well, this isn't fair because he's hitting the golf ball further than everybody else is now and he's playing a different game. <laughs> um, no offense, the last time I checked, I don't think there's anything in the rules of golf that say that you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. You're not allowed to try and get stronger. You're not allowed to try and get faster. You're not allowed to try and hit the golf ball further. Yeah, He's done it in a scientific way which I'm sure has taken an ungodly amount of research and ungodly amount of time in order to trial and test all of this. Okay. Am I going to be able to compete doing this? You understand who, who, who is fitness coaches. I'm not sure who that is exactly at this moment in time. Um, but I understand it from a golf standpoint, what he's doing with Chris Como, uh, who I highly, highly respect up in Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, unbelievable the work that they've done i mean you're talking about you're taking a guy that used to swing the club probably somewhere around 115 miles an hour to he's got the capability of pushing 140 plus miles an hour now in less than a year that's great like never seen anybody do that before okay i mean back in 97 okay i mean we look at tiger was tiger fast unbelievably fast he was faster than probably anybody we'd ever seen uh, apart from maybe a John Daly um, who came who came out and tried to play golf and he completely changed the game of golf to where golf course designers, they went from making golf courses that were 64, 65, 6,600 yards, maybe 6,700 to all of a sudden we're playing major championship venues on 73, 74, 7,500 yards, sometimes north of that. Wow. And they're just trying to lengthen golf courses because of how far Tiger was hitting it. Well, We've already lengthened all the golf courses now, and now we're seeing Bryson DeChambeau pick apart these golf courses, and he's hitting wedges into into holes where most guys are probably hitting eight irons, seven irons, six irons, so forth. So he's got an ungodly advantage right now because of the work and the efforts that this guy has put in, and and then you've got people that are trying to bash him for it, which is yeah, dude, go do it if 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 you're so if you're so upset that he's doing this. Why don't you try and put the work in that he's put in? Uh, he's just not lazy like you are if you're the one that's complaining about what he's doing. Yeah. Like that quote that Matthew Fitzpatrick had about him saying, well, this isn't a fair game anymore. Well, no offense, but get your ass off the couch and go try and do what he's doing. <laughs> like, seriously. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, if people want to make the game, this work for them, they honestly just need to work on being strong throughout their range. So when we're strength training with this goal in mind, if we're thinking about Bryson and being not just athletic, but strong. And the reason, one of the reasons why we want to get strong is also for recovery. It's much easier for the whole body 
to recover when there's um, healthy muscle and nerve tissue. So the way that we increase that is partly just getting more of it. And that's not new. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very interesting. Yeah, we don't need, we don't necessarily need the mass of the muscle. We don't need to increase the size of the muscle to get more use out of our muscle. Okay. And so we can train um, in a way that we're working on our, the positions that we're strong in and then going right to the edge of that. So, you know, golf is in fitness is, is one of those things that there's um, so a lot of myths. And one of those is um, if we stand on one leg and like practice, you know, moving our arms in this way, we'll have more stability on that leg, like a balance exercise. Um, yeah. We see it all the time in rehab uh, for knees and ankles and hips. That's not necessarily true. What I mean is we're strengthening that muscle in a controlled environment, like a machine or in any kind of setup um, to get a resistance profile that's going to help us get stronger. So when we are moving really fast through a range of motion, like like taking the cable and rotating it, we're just we're just rotating with that cable to get our trunk rotation really strong. I the first thing I would do is say, hey, let's work in the range of motion that's really that you're working in, that you're strong, and that you're not going to lose control. Because once right. as soon as you lose control of that weight you're losing opportunity. Yeah. And so like my whole, my cry for people, my battle cry for people is just to back up, slow it down <laughs> and work on the starting point of your motion and the end point of your range of motion. So that would be the difference. So if we're swinging golf club, we want to use our whole body to drive. We want our shoulders to end up in the opposite position that they start in. You know what I mean? Yeah, symmetry. Right. Symmetry. Yeah. yeah. And that would be great if that could happen every time. But that's using the whole body from the foot all the way to the neck. So when we work in, we work to strengthen, we can just stay in the range that we can control with one joint. And that can equal stronger, um, like a global strengthening of the body versus right. strengthening the whole body at once and expecting us to like um, use more muscle. But when we're really just practicing a swing, um, right. resistance, which isn't necessarily helpful and, and it might be even, it might be counterproductive for some people. So, uh yeah, I let out a breath after that one. I was like... So, so if we talk about the, the mass that Bryson's putting on, and this is where I believe he's talking about not just not just getting stronger, not just getting bigger. That's not the whole reasoning for, for all of this in, in my personal belief. Okay? So if you take a look at, you take somebody who weighs, let's just say 150 pounds. Okay? Mm -hmm. That is how much mass they have, the ability to push down into the ground. Okay, So for every pound that you put into the ground... The ground is going to push back. Yeah, ask any linebacker. <laughs> there you go. So all of a sudden, you you start to do the math, and you say, okay, if I go from 180 pounds up to 230, 240 pounds, 
and I make the same move that I'm doing, I continue, I still have the same strength, I still have the same mobility, or I increase both of those, and I have more mass going this direction that can help me repel and move that direction, that's going to equate to speed. Okay? So there are some of the some of the scenarios and some of the instances for why we're seeing such an increase in such a really, really short amount of time for a guy like Bryson. Okay? He's put on this much mass, so he now has an extra 40, 50 pounds that he's putting into the ground. And guess who's helping him out without him having to do anything? The ground is. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this is where one of your expertises that I would love to learn and know more about is why the feet are so important in really any athletic motion that we do. Okay. Everybody just thinks about, well, my arms do this or my shoulders do this or my pelvis does that. Well, a lot of those things uh, that give you the ability to move your shoulders as much as you move or move your pelvis and your hips as much as you move, those directly correlate to how you move pressures in your feet, Mm -hmm. which can allow for more rotation, which equate to, more speed, which allow you to push against the ground, which is going to help you repel the opposite direction. Those are all things that work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And Bryson's figured out the science behind where he's like, "Hmm, well, if I weigh X amount versus this, uh, this guy's going to win up here that weighs 230, 240 versus me weighing 180, 190. Mm -hmm. That's why I say this goal. I think he said his goals. He wants to get somewhere up close to 275, 280 pounds. I mean, you're talking about adding a hundred pounds of weight to your body and trying to still maintain the same cycles that you're in, in regards to mobility. Yeah, no, this is a huge unknown thing that he's doing for sure, because the athletes that we know that can gain a hundred pounds for bodybuilding or who knows what kind of fighting or, you know, they do the opposite. They lose a bunch of weight and then they gain it. Fighters yep. um, might not be the right example, but bodybuilders are. Um, and, you know, I don't really care to argue whether it's a sport or not. I, re- I have some respect for it. And it, um, we know that that can weigh heavy on the skeleton. And, but we also don't know exactly why that's true either so we're just assuming historical continuing continuation of that myth if it is a myth because up until recently i have so many things to say up until recently bone was thought of as very like just um kind of innate it just it was like plasticized things that just hold us together right it's not it's a living, breathing tissue, just like blood. In fact, it actually makes, it produces hormones that have an impact on the brain and the muscle and the liver and the kidneys. Like it's, it's like a much more active tissue than we can, than we, we've ever really recognized as a. Yeah. Like to be truthful with you, I've never even thought about that in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, I have to go out of my way to find that information. And I've thought about it a lot. Like, so, <laughs> um, and I, um, so there's that. So one, we don't know if that myth or if it is a myth that the muscle is too heavy for a skeleton. We're assuming that it's not breathing living tissue. We're just assuming that it's staying the same when in fact I've heard things like every 
10 years, you have a brand new skeleton inside. Like it's just, it's, you know, it's growing and moving. Um, so it's but, ever evolving with your body basically is what absolutely. you're saying. Yeah. It, and it's either dying or growing. And after a certain age, it just dies faster than it grows. We can still enhance bone materials in our eighties. It's been proven in research. And so when people say that they're too old to do whatever, it's the same. T I hear the same thing as people complaining about Bryson. I think it's, I think it's lazy. And, um, I think it's, I think we can do better. I know we can do better for ourselves. I just need to get that information out. And so it's not entirely lazy, but I know that the information's out there. So whatever. Um, okay. So that's one. Number two, um, mobility as a concept of strength is also kind of a new, uh, sorry, mobility as a derivative of strength is also a new concept. All like historically, if we think about mobility, I think a ballerina comes to mind. Yeah. Um, when we think about, you know, the great thing, someone like that. Yeah. Like who? Like a gymnast or gymnast. something like that who's extremely yeah. flexible, that type of thing. That's that's what that's what usually comes to my mind when I think of the word mo when I think of the word mobility. Exactly. So someone who's extremely flexible that has a massive range of motion, can go crazy external this way, all that type of stuff. They yeah. just have an uncanny ability to flex and stretch their body. Yeah. Which, you know, I would put my boyfriend in that category. He has extreme ranges of motion. He just doesn't know how to control them. <laughs> um, and uh, he, so when I think of, when, when historically, if we think about mobility, we're thinking about those gymnasts um, or whatever. And then we're not thinking of it as, as something that applies to us, which is what is your available range? And you know, mo the human design is to stand upright, keep our eyes on the horizon and whatever we got to do to make that happen and, and eat our food is mobility really. Like it is like whatever we can do to make that happen is what we have. It's mobility. And so joint by joint, the way that we can look at it is what is available to you today. And yeah. so the way that I teach that to golfers, to any of my clients, but golfers, especially because they're interested in performance enhancement and me too. That's what I get paid for. Let's, yeah. you know, this, this, this is my sauce. I teach them how to develop something called an inner compass, which is honestly just checking ranges of motion that matter, like that matter as far as um, your sport. So for mm -hmm. soccer, um, that would be different potentially than baseball. Um, and for golf, we're always going to start with the core. Like, so we, I, ha I teach people how to check their range of motion segment by segment. So we can separate the hips and the pelvis. We can separate the rotation of the spine from the shoulders. And then when we can figure out which one of those is lacking or just not where you want it to be, then we can work on it with strength. And when you get more strength, the, the muscles have more pull on the bone. The bone gets more stimulus and the ball goes further. <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> or it goes fat. The club head goes faster. Um, Absolutely. So when it comes to the feet, um, the way that I teach this concept um, to soccer players and golfers is different. And I think the soccer player is a soccer player and anybody, any a football player that relies on like quick feet. Um, so any of them. And I teach this concept that, that if, if you don't gather motion from or kinetic energy from the ground, you're not going to be able to produce it through the body. 100%. Yeah. And so how I show that to them is I have them do a high knees movement. So you can think of a dynamic warm up where the knees are going really fast up and down. Um, and so I just have them put their hands out and say, okay, hit your knees 10 times, just go up and down. And what, it, what if I just tell them to naturally do that, that kind of looks dancey, like prancing, like they just yeah. on their toes and they're just moving really fast. Okay, now what I want you to do is push your feet as hard as you can into the ground. And then if you push hard enough, your arms are going to start moving. And so it looks like them uh, going from prancing to putting out a fire. If you can put that. Yeah. Like yeah, really sure. trying to smash Or there's like bugs everywhere and they have to kill them. Like that. that's another way we could visualize it. But the point Speed is lever. that they're pushing harder into the ground and their body is reacting. And that's how you, that's how you develop speed specifically for a sport or whatever it is. You can do footwork to improve, but it's only to improve that contact. It's, yeah. it's not to actually move faster. So, um, and that's an important like differentiation. I'm not sure everybody would get that, but the way that I explain the foot motion to the golfers is pretty simple. Most golfers understand that they don't want their hips to move in the frontal plane left to right. They want more rotation yeah. and more upward kinetic energy. They don't want it exactly. leaking through their belt line. Right. Yeah. So when we think about it like that, and then you actually have them move their feet barefoot when they're trying to do that, it just clicks because that motion across the frontal plane is mainly guided by the rotation of the feet. And by exactly. that, that's what pronation and supination are. They're the rotation of the, the feet that gather the kinetic energy, put it up the chain, and then uh, you release it with your swing. Um, exactly. Yeah, like you're saying. Uh, kinematic sequencing uh, starts from the ground up in transition from the top of your golf swing. It goes from feet to knees to hips mm -hmm. to the torso, through the chest, into the shoulders, down the arms, release through the hands, and the final last bit of energy is through the club head to the golf ball. Then think of it like this. The, the tendons, the fascia, the muscle – are the containers of that force coming up from the ground and the releasers, especially the IT band, Achilles tendon, play a huge part in storing that elastic energy. That's what that's called, storing the elastic energy and then releasing yeah. the elastic energy. 
So when we store, so if we have more muscle, if we potentially have more mass, when that kinetic energy gets in there, it has a lot more motors. Exactly. And that's, yeah. Okay, guys, that is our first episode of two parts of Trevor and I discussing all the hotness that is golf right now. Over here on the East Coast, we're losing an hour of daylight, so (laughs) kind of sad when we talk about golf, but we can work on some of the other things like mobility and strength. So I cut that this whole conversation too because digesting all that stuff that was just said could really help your game so I decided to leave it at that and then bring on the second part because I love it when professionals like Trevor have a approach and a foundation and they look at a multitude of factors that will help their athlete. And so it made sense to me to divide this episode into two parts because we really do talk about the different foundations of training, um, being an athlete, treating yourself like an athlete. I think that's one of the big missing pieces in um for adults trying to stay in the game and stay active is that they don't see that there isn't there should be an athletic mindset applied to what they're doing with their body every day i know certainly when i was coaching high schoolers and with strength and conditioning that i had to sit down and tell them hey your day is divided up by school and sports. You have to learn how to manage these things. You are a, somewhat of a professional athlete. Like you are playing at a level to win and compete. So treat your body as the main, you know, vehicle and the tool for getting there. So that's, you know, I feel that same way about adults who want to be competitive you know um you have to treat your body like a not a machine but that it is serving a purpose you know it is serving a purpose to help you improve your life through the game whatever game that is soccer golf you know male adult softball (laughs) i um am so excited to bring you more educational content as well as deep conversations like this one with Trevor. I just need you guys to spread the word. Get on iTunes, write a review. Uh, You can hashtag thinkfitbefit on the gram or Twitter. And we want to connect with you. We want to learn with you. We want to show you what we're learning I encourage you to check out Trevor at TrevorSalsmanGolf.com and go head, head on over to Instagram to find me at Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz. 
You can find Trevor on Instagram at Trevor Salzman Golf. I think that's, oops, let me go check. Yep, that's right, Trevor underscore Salzman underscore golf. And he's actively posting how he's coaching people and what they're working on. You can also check out the podcast at thinkfitbefit underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, check out thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. We are evolving and growing And it's so exciting because this is like just a dream come true to be able to share this information and help so many people enable their best fitness with mindset. Um, (laughs) I just heard my alarm. Mindset skills, uh, movement science, PhD level science, because we have new a co-host on Think Fit Be Fit podcast. Their show is called Fitness for Consumption. It is so exciting because their level of expertise is just not seen in the pop fitness culture. It's just not there. So I highly encourage everyone to be a part of that. We are invested in teaching. And these gentlemen have experience doing that and writing, you know, academic, college-level, medical text, and bringing that down to the consumer, Fitness for Consumption. So check it out. Um, They're on Instagram at Fitness for Consumption. You'll see them all over thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. And one more thing, please tune in. Uh, to the newsletter at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. I have some really special announcements coming out, including uh, a live feed that I will be doing during my workout. So that's, I will be live streaming my workouts and taking your questions on the podcast. That's available at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. Please let me know what you're learning and what you want to know more about because this is a co- creative project for me I need to know what's going on over there and then help you elevate your mindset around fitness it's my job okay I love you guys so much thank you so much for tuning in for downloading for subscribing please leave a review so everybody else can be as excited as us about intelligent and effective potent exercise. Have a great week.